news update. In the NFL, Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman will miss three weeks with a thumb injury. He was seen at his camp with a splint on the thumb. Adam Schefter reporting that he had surgery and he will be out at least three weeks. Also, out of the National Football League, DeAndre Hopkins will begin the season on the PUP list, most likely stemming from his shoulder injury last year. News from the NFL to the NBA. The architect of the current day Cleveland Browns, Sashi Brown, has landed a job with the NBA's Washington Wizards. In Major League Baseball, Sean Kelly is expected to undergo an MRI on his upper right arm. Kelly felt discomfort in his right biceps tendon while warming up in the eighth inning. On Sunday, the Royals have released right-handed pitcher Willie Peralta. The Tigers signed right-handed pitcher Edwin Jackson to a minor league contract. He's assigned to AAA Toledo. Jackson pitched for the Twins back in 2009. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, how's it going, bud? Greggy, welcome back. Happy Monday, bruh. Thank you, bruh. How was your bachelor party? Uh, my bachelor party was fun. It was a good Florida time. Man Celebrates Bachelor Party. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that promotion there. It was good. You know, it was a... I know we have two hours to talk about it, and uh, I want to get into all of it, of course. <laughs> um, I will answer any questions you have, but... It was kind of crazy, to be honest with you. Please do tell. There was no water in the city of Fort Lauderdale. No water in Florida. Water. Sounds like in an issue. In the city of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Sounds like a problem. It was an issue. We had to, <laughs> so How does that happen? So basically, we checked in. No issue. We went to, the, we went to our room. Like, cool. Perfect. Going to throw my bathing suit. Going to head to the, head to the pool. Sounds like a Greg thing to do. Yes, very Greg. And there was like a note under the door that I ignored that one of my roommates... Wound up reading. Was oh, there, there might be this water crisis. We're like, all right, whatever. I'm sure we'll be fine. Next thing you know, we're in the pool, and these people next to us are like, they don't have. They are shutting down the water in Fort Lauderdale. Like, what do you mean they're shutting down the water? So when you texted me that, I had the same response. You're like, there's no water. I said, what? Like, huh? like, what do you huh? mean there's no water? Right. So they shut off the water supply in Fort Lauderdale because a contractor was working on something and they hit a tank and either they. They made it, I don't guess it wasn't a drought, I guess they contaminated it, we'll call it. They contaminated the water, and they had to basically flush all that water out over 24 hours. So we're thinking, uh, only out of the 12 guys that were there, including myself, there's only four of us there at the time. So we got to make a decision for the group, and a lot of them were about to be on flights, and they're not going to have access to talk to us. So I'm like, okay, can we stay in this hotel without water? All right, we could drink water, obviously. Showers will be an issue. And someone's like, what about like, the bathroom? I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so 
So we realized like it wasn't realistic. So I went over there. I was like, "What are you to the hotel? Like, what are you going to give me if like, like, do I have to leave? Like, what's the plan? Like, are, what are you giving me? Like, obviously, like tonight would be free." I'm like, "All right, like, can I not shower? I go to the bathroom. It's free. You know, that's pretty good." You got a pool. That's your shower. So th- <laughs> I don't disagree with you. So so they give they give you a list of like nearby hotels. I'm like, all right, will you be like paying for this room? Like, no. Like, like, I have to move from the hotel that I have booked. Like, will you pay for my transportation from this hotel to that hotel? No. I go, so all you're doing, I said this to the guy, all you're doing is basically being Yelp for me right now. You're just giving me a list. <laughs> and he goes... Just in case you don't know how to research, Craig. Right. And he goes, yes. So I call one of the hotels that is like similarly on the beach. Sold out. Like, this, this is an issue. So one of my friends are, all right, let's go to Miami. Another one's like, let's go to Boca. I'm like... I have all this stuff planned for the weekend. Like, I don't want to like leave this. Not that Miami's that far, but like, I don't want to change my weekend about this as much as possible. So I book like the closest hotel that they gave me on this list. And once you book it, there are no, you can't cancel. There's no cancellation. So I go, all right, I'm going to need three rooms. Do you have that? He goes, yeah, you have three double bed rooms. There's a bunch of us sharing beds. And because I need to be sure. How many rooms do you have left? He goes, five total. You'll be taking three of them. I'm like, oh, boy. I go, all right, I'll take them. So I take the three rooms, and I'm like, all right, I can leave all my stuff here. The only thing we'll do at that hotel is shower and sleep and just come back in the morning, and hopefully there's water back. Go back outside. We have lunch. We start drinking. I get pretty drunk. All good. We get an announcement at the pool at 4 o'clock. We are evacuating the hotel. You must be out of the hotel by 5.30. I'm like, what? Happy bachelor party weekend. Go to the front desk. I'm like, what do you mean we have to evacuate the hotel? We are shutting down the hotel. I go, can we like, leave stuff in our room? Do we have to drag? Because we had a lot. We were going on a boat on Friday, which I'll, I'll get to next time we have this conversation after the break. Um, so we had a lot of alcohol, a lot of waters and Gatorades and, and chips and crap. Like, it's why they bring my clothes. It's no big deal, but... All that stuff. Can I just leave that here? We had a lot of it. Can we just leave that here? No. I was like, why? No one's coming. The hotel's evacuated. Why can't I just leave this in this room? You can't. Like, we could have, obviously, just not told anybody, of course. But we didn't because I don't lose, we don't want to lose any alcohol, obviously. So we had to drag that all to the second hotel. The dinner place we were having for dinner on Thursday night called me at noon just like, just so you know, like, we don't have water. Like, we don't know that we're going to be open. Like, Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. So they called me at 5 o'clock. So now I'm looking for other restaurants. We make another reservation. They call me at 5 o'clock, like, we're open. So we go there, same place for dinner. Every place the rest of the weekend wouldn't give you, like, water with ice. They would just give you water bottles all weekend long, which is, like, better because, like, all right, nice water bottles. But like, it, was, it was frustrating. We went out first night. The bar was fun. And I was talking to my buddies, and then we were realizing if the water doesn't come back to our, the hotel we have planned for, for Friday, we... We really can't stay there. We got to book another hotel. We got to make sure we can get a reservation. We have to change everything. So now I'm like internally like freaking out because like you plan some stuff and dinners and, and all around like this general vicinity. And we're going to have to really change things. So I call the hotel literally 7 a.m. I'm up. And I call the hotel like you have water. No, sir. The city of Fort Lauderdale has without water. I'm like, I know. I have a reservation at this hotel the next two nights. I need to know. Do you have water? Well, it's not on us, the city of Fort Lauderdale. Like, the Fort Lauderdale city has water back. Like, water exists. I need to know if your hotel is open. 
sorry, it's not our call. I go, I need to talk to somebody else. So I talked to the girl I was dealing with beforehand. And she's like, we expect to have water. We expect to reopen by this afternoon. Like, if you're going on a boat, like, you should be fine when you come back. Go, Can you guarantee me that? She goes, no. I'm like, oh, my God. Part two of that story coming up a little bit later on. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll tell you everything you need to know about those two teams. Coming up next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. you, the BFFs, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman. I know you're on the edge of your seat, Frank, but I will uh, I will save that uh, for a little a little while. Lead off hour two with the yeah. conclusion of Greg Sussman. I'll give you, I'll give you a whole lot more um, in hour two because the drive from um, that morning, that next morning is where we pick it up. It's like incredulous. So we'll get to that uh, coming up next hour. I'm looking forward to it. I do have two quick thoughts. So your bachelor party was you and how many dudes? There were 12 of us total. 13 on Friday and Saturday. 13 dudes, three rooms, double beds. So that's not what it ultimately was. But when it was 12, when it was 12, when it was 12, okay. so when it was 12 dudes on Thursday night, three rooms, double beds, correct. I just want to get this right. Yeah. So most bachelor parties are spent with like women, lots of women. Yours was What, what do you mean? Was, was spent you spent most of them. With, with, with when you go to a bachelor party, it's going to be your boys, is it not? It's not yeah, your yeah, best yeah. friends. So that's what I did. So did you share a bed with a dude? Yes, of course. Oh, all right. Just clarifying that. Saving my, my <laughs> uh, sister's boyfriend and I shared a bed. All right. Yeah, keep it all in the family. Uh, but anyway, there were a lot of question marks about why, if I'm your best friend, why wasn't I invited to your bachelor party? Because like, we couldn't both be out of work at the same time. Oh, that's okay. Someone number one for just yeah, I guess on air you had sense. to host the show. Off air, like you had to be downstairs running things. If we were both gone, right. Gabe was complaining about it earlier in the, in, uh, on in the the morning after. Yeah, he said, "How are you? How are you guys best friends forever? Yeah. You didn't even invite your best friend. You had to your bachelor is, party. You had to be here, otherwise you'd have been invited. I couldn't give us both the time off at the same time. Fair enough. There you go. That's the answer. So there you go. There's your answer for uh, for everyone that was uh, wondering. Sean brought it up on his show on Friday. It was, it was a very big topic of conversation around here. I like that nobody brought it. I like. I like that nobody brought it up until this moment on the air. Like everyone's not asked me the question. No one has asked you. I, I, I'd say it right now. Yeah, we had to get to the bottom of this because honestly, I didn't know the answer either. Mm. But there you go. Mm. Someone's got to be here. The show goes on. Oh, this is this is terrible. That's man. what we tried to do. Oh, this is very bad. Matt Modica on Thursday, Ey and Florio on Friday. Tried to hold down the fort with that. You, you did a great job. Now you got an email. I appreciate that. That my kickball game is supposed to be canceled tonight. It's frustrating. I believe it's supposed to rain tonight, yeah. Yeah. So now Sorry. I'm, now I'm upset. And I see you're wearing the kickball shoes and everything, too. Correct. That's how I knew. I was like, oh, it's kickball day for Greg. Uh-huh. I have a basketball game tonight. It's indoors. So you want to come watch? You'll play. <laughs> I don't. You know, now right. I got to get a different dinner. Oh, God. This is everything is crumbling around Greg right now. It really is. That's how I feel. <laughs> is I everything feel. crumbling around the Jaguars, Greg? 
Oh, we saw the Jaguars. I was starting with India. That's funny. Yeah, start with the Jaguars. And everyone crum- crumbling around the Jaguars. I think it's interesting because just two years ago, Jaguars in the AFC Championship game. Not only that, they were winning at halftime of that AFC Championship game, being the New England Patriots. We all know, obviously, what happened next. That team seemingly very, very different. Now, the defensive pieces are mostly there. But the offense itself is extremely different than it was just two years ago. But let me start at the running back spot because that's where the most fantasy value is going to be. For multiple reasons. One, is a team that still wants to run the football. And two, well, it's a former first-round pick in Leonard Fournette. Fournette's had his issues, both with injuries and with his personality with the Jaguars. But from everything you read, despite the same coaching staff, it is a fresh start for Fournette, who's still going to get all the work that he can handle, and he's still going to be the focal point, as I mentioned, of the offense. Frank, through the first month or so that we've been talking fantasy football, you have been adamantly against Leonard Fournette and his rising ADP. A lot of experts are back in on Fournette, thinking that he could provide you nice value. You were out on him last year when I was in. You're out on him this year. And I'm admittedly still on the fence. I don't know where I should go. Convince me why I should be out once again on Leonard Fournette. Yeah, he's going to be a really polarizing player, and I understand why there are a lot of fantasy analysts out there who like Leonard Fournette this season. You know, I can make the case for and against him right now. I will make the case against him. He's missed 11 games over his first two seasons due to thigh, quad, ankle, foot, chronic foot issues as well. He's averaged just 2.8 receptions per game in his career, Greg, which is just not as high as other running backs that are going in his range, you know, a la a Damian Williams, who we expect to catch the ball a ton this year. Aaron Jones, they're talking him up as a receiver for the Green Bay Packers. If there's no Theo Riddick with on Johnson, then those receptions are going to be up as well. So from a PPR perspective, Leonard Fournette, I think he can catch the ball. He just hasn't really ever been asked to do it all that much. I think he is capable of it. But again, it just hasn't really been a big part of his game so far at the NFL level. And he's been wildly inefficient, Greg. I mean, let's call it for what it is. 3.7 yards per carry so far in his career. That's basically the same amount as Peyton Barber in Peyton Barber's career. Leonard Fournette is going in the early third round. And you're paying for someone who, again, doesn't catch three balls per game and averages under four yards per carry. Now, mind you, the offensive line has been banged up. I expect them to be better. They, they got a steal in Jawan Taylor in the second round, or at least we hope him to be a steal in the, uh, in the second round of the NFL draft for the Jaguars. Last year, he faced the third highest percentage of eight-plus defenders in the box, Greg. So it's basically when teams knew he was on the field, which was a, l- a large majority of the time when he was actually healthy, they're stacking the box against him because they don't really fear the pass game. Now, that was with Blake Bortles. We'll get to Nick Foles a little bit later on, which adds more of a semblance of a passing game, obviously, here with John Filippo coming in as well as the OC. But how about we touch on that as well, Greg? Last year with the Vikings, they passed the ball the fourth highest rate in the NFL. And that's ultimately what ended up, ended up getting John Filippo fired from the Minnesota Vikings was that they wanted to run the football. And everywhere he's been, whether it's been as a quarterback coach or as an OC, he is heavily on the side of passing the football. Now, I think there'll be a little bit more balance here because they don't really have the best personnel in terms of passing the ball. But overall, John Filippo has been known for wanting to pass more than wanting to run the football, Greg. You can tell me everything about, you know, uh, what Leonard Fournette is doing in the offseason, his mentality, he's getting his mind on straight, and everything is looking up for him, and he's, you know, he's in the best shape of his life and all this stuff. It doesn't change the fact that he's been inefficient, he's immature, he's 
He's not been an efficient running back, and all of those things adding up to an early third-round pick, I don't really get what I'm missing here. Leonard Fournette has that pedigree, right? Being that former top 10 pick, expecting the world when he got to the NFL. It, it hasn't exactly happened. And you mentioned DiFilippo. The, I come on the other side of that because this is still Doug Marone's offense, ultimately. And Doug Marone's going to run it the way he wants to, and Tom Coughlin's going to run it the way he wants to. And to me, that's running the football. Like, are you going to trust Nick Foles to consistently win you games? Are you going to trust those receivers on the outside? Like last year, uh, once Marquise Lee went down with the injury, we didn't really know who to trust. When we were drafting, I know a lot of people uh, went and run to p- ran to pick up um, Dante Moncrief. Like, that was a huge thing uh, on like the first waiver run last year. You ran to go pick up all these different pieces, none of which really emerged. D.D. Westbrook, obviously, uh, being another one. And some of them, you had good games, no doubt, from time to time, but none of them truly emerged as this guaranteed wide receiver. And I don't know that Nick Foles is even in a guaranteed quarterback. Like, all right, you'll draft him in a super flex league. You need two quarterbacks. I get it. But... When it comes to the weapons on this team, what other weapons do they truly have other than Leonard Fournette? Which, I don't know that you even consider a weapon, but like, what other weapons seriously do they have other than Fournette? D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee, is going to be coming back from the torn ACL. Uh, They signed Chris Conley. They also drafted D.J. Chark earlier, uh, early in the draft, in the NFL draft, and... They signed uh, Jeff Swaim as well, and they... uh, they That's where... where, uh, Exactly. I mean, it sounds like you're kind of making the the argument for me as well in terms of Leonard Fournette, right? Like, even if they want to run Doug Marone's system and Tom Coughlin, they want to be a ground and pound, you know, let's play defense and uh, and run the football. Going back to what I said about last year, he saw the third highest percentage of eight-plus defenders in the box. If you expect them to do that again and they end up being predictable and they just want to run the football, doesn't that kind of lend itself to, okay, well, teams are just going to stack the box against them as well? They don't really have someone that you could threaten down the field unless you consider Keelan Cole that. He's flashed a little bit at times, but you know I think the jury is still kind of out on him overall and the Jaguars' pass catchers overall. We'll get to D.D. Westbrook, who is probably the most fantasy-relevant pass catcher of this group. Are we sure about that? I don't know that we're sure, but based on the ADP, it's, it seems like everybody else is that. sure about yeah. that. So, so I don't I don't know that he is. I don't think I, like overall I don't think this is a great offense. I agree with that. And I think that that kind of limits Leonard Fournette's upside as well and I think that teams once again are going to stack the box. Who else are you worried about on this team? Okay, I'll stack the box and threaten, you know, allow Nick Foles to try and beat me down the field. I mean, that's what that's what I would do if I was if you're game planning to try and stop the Jaguars offense, you are trying to stop Leonard Fournette. And even with Nick Foles and John DeFilippo there, Greg, I don't know that that changes things all that much. We'll hit on these wide receivers with Jacksonville when we come back, and then I want to get into the Indianapolis Colts because I have an interesting conundrum based on this conversation, right? Leonard Fournette, early third-round pick, and yet he's going before Marlon Mack. Very, very interesting. Let's talk about all that coming up. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back with you here on that one over there. You're right, Greggy? Yeah, I, so I lowered my, that, that promo from Bavona was very loud, so I lowered my headphones really low. And then it was so low I couldn't hear if I was on the air or not. You were. All right. So back. Back with you here on the BFFs. That is Greg Sussman. 
We got some Metallica playing because our musical tastes also got brought up during the morning after. They just they love to talk about the BFFs. On the I noticed after. that they did that when I was on the call and couldn't respond. <laughs> like I sit and watch and listen to the morning after for two hours, and I had a conference call, and that's when they started crapping on Greg. So that's what you think happened? Yeah. So they started talking about UB40, Red Red Wine. On the program tomorrow. They've uh, made the, the remake of the famous Elvis Presley song, Can't, can't Help Falling fall in, in Love With You. With you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Correct. Uh, and can't. That's actually, I actually really version. like the UB40 remake. Really? I like the Elvis Presley version as well. I think they're great, both done very well. Great song. They were discussing whether or not you would be a big UB40 fan, to which I said, I highly doubt it. Correct. Yeah, I said it's not contemporary enough. It's not poppy enough. Do you know what? I think that UB40 has actually been on the morning show before. Not with Gabe, but I think with Carton, it was. They were. How does that keep happening? I don't know. It's very random. Strange. (laughs) Dan, hit it for me one more time, bud. Love the music, though. And then, uh, so Gabe started talking about, ultimately, like, I get dragged into having the same musical taste as you, even though it's not necessarily true. Sure. So then, Sean was like, I'm going to play a bunch of metal on today's show. I said... All right, that's perfectly fine. But I like I, I don't get dragged down to, to your swamp, right? Like, every, oh, wait, what's my swamp? Well, your swamp's like the hard metal stuff, right? Well, I like everything. There you go. So people seem to think people seem to think that like all of my, what I like, yeah. and like entertainment uh, and movies and like what I like to do, like you like it too. But nobody thinks I like to do what you like to do. That's true, right? I guess they figure. I don't know. You're the executive. I gotta. I, I like, have to like whatever you like. It doesn't seem that Whatever you put on the show, it's great. I, I have to like and enjoy? Yeah, pretty much. Why, why does it work that way? No idea, but it's awesome. I can confirm. Greg does not like video games at all. No. I like video games. Sure. I just, I just bought the Marvel Ultimate Alliance game on yeah, Friday. Yeah, you I was told playing me, it. You told me you didn't take the game. So you told me this morning. I was like, what did you do this week? I, was, oh, I just bought Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I had to figure out for a couple of seconds that was a video game. I thought maybe it was like a new movie that I didn't know about. Also, wouldn't surprise me, Greg doesn't yeah. like superheroes. I like no. superheroes. No, yeah. Greg likes wrestling. Frank doesn't really like wrestling anymore. I try to. <laughs> they make it so hard. Greg. I know, man. I did see Bray Wyatt's new mask. That was interesting. That was a cool mask, right? Pretty cool. I'm sure. Is that your, your brother's being for Halloween? It's got to be, right? I don't know. Probably. I mean, he was the first one to show me, too. Went to my parents' pool on Saturday. Beautiful. He just, oh, did you see Bray Wyatt's new mask? Said, ah, show me. That's what happened. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. <laughs> Fantasy football season is now upon us, and season-long drafts are in full swing. Roto Experts has you covered the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package and includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content each and every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football that you play. Save 10% at RotoExperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package Available only at rotoexperts.com. Before the break, we were talking about the Jaguars wide receivers and which wide receivers you wanted to draft and when. The highest drafted Jackson wide receiver, as Frank mentioned, is D.D. Westbrook, who over the last week or so in the NFFC, it's PPR, was going at 88 overall, or 92 overall rather, but the 88th, he was ranked 88th, I guess. I don't really know how that works, but whatever. So that's D.D. The next... Marquise Lee's at 216, which is like crazy. That is correct. Is he, is he the next one? Yes, he is. Where's Keelan Cole? Two, four, what? 484, okay. <laughs> so I, I'm, I have my ADP for the entire month of July. All right. And that has Keelan Cole at 303. It's really a bad month. Yeah. That's great for Keelan Cole. It's been a bad couple of weeks. Who's probably going to start on the outside. But if you're telling me, I'm getting... Marquise Lee, 
We haven't really heard anything about, to be fair. He's not going to start training camp on time. He's, on he's still recovering from the torn ACL. All right. So you're getting Marquise Lee 150 picks later. And D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And you're getting Keelan Cole like 300 picks later. So nothing. Not being drafted. Mm-hmm. That is correct. I'm going to do that. Because there's zero indication, zero guarantee that D.D. Westbrook's the Guy for Nick Foles. Now, I get why, right? Like, Nelson Aguilar probably put up his best numbers with Nick Foles last year in the slot. Like, I understand that. But, like, there's no lock that T.D. Westbrook's going to be a star that is worth that pick. You know, I look at the players that are going around D.D. Westbrook, who's going, as I mentioned, the 80th player off the board. A guy I talked about last week, Larry Fitzgerald, 89. I know you're not a Fitzgerald guy, but I'd much rather have Larry Fitzgerald in the slot than it would D.D. Westbrook. Like, no question about it. A couple of picks after that, you get to Kiki QT. Much rather have QT in the slot Agree. than D.D. Westbrook. Not even a question. Your boy, Curtis Samuel. I know you'd much rather have Curtis Samuel Correct. than D.D. Westbrook. Golden Tate, who neither of us really like, I'd rather have Golden Tate than D.D. Westbrook. Meh. Fine. And then you get to these two, who we've actually talked about as well, MVS and James Washington, 106-107. I'm more interested in both of those guys. Just better offenses than D.D. Westbrook. Absolutely. I think there are indicators here. Like, there are reasons why people are getting excited about D.D. Westbrook, but I would have to agree with the ADP. I think it's jumping up there a little bit too high, going ahead of some of those players that we just mentioned. Um, You know, looking at what Nick Foles did last year, in weeks 15 to 17, when all the Eagles wide receivers were healthy, you could look at weeks one and two when he started for Carson Wentz as well, but Alshon Jeffrey did not play in those games. So I wanted to look at weeks 15 through 17 to see who he targeted most. Zach Ertz, 24% of the target share. Alshon Jeffrey, 14% of the target share. Nelson Aguilar, 13% of the target share. Golden Tate, 12% of the target share. And this comes via our buddy Michael Florio, Greg, that Nick Foles threw 71 of his passes last season to slot receivers, 54 of his passes to the outside. D.D. Westbrook played 74% of his snaps last season in the slot, and he led all wide receivers in routes run from the slot last year. So there is no doubting that D.D. Westbrook is the slot receiver for this team, and based on where Nick Foles targeted uh, his passes, 71 of them to slot receivers, 54 of them to the outside. So it seems like he will lean on his slot receiver, and I think... People saw what John Filippo did with Adam Thielen as the Viking slot receiver last year, and they're all... The culmination of all those things together is people are expecting this D.D. Westbrook breakout. So that is the case for him. I understand it. But I think those other names that are going in that range, you, you said it, Greg, they're in better offenses, could project for higher upside as well. There's no guarantee for sure that D.D. Westbrook is the guy. Like Marquise Lee has shown signs of being the guy in the past. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I think this ADP is, is really getting up there in terms of, like, let's pump the brakes a little bit when it comes to D.D. Westbrook. Although, you know, Nick Foles is the one throwing him the ball. Nick Foles is another question mark that I wanted to get into. He's not going to be worse than Blake Bortles because he's not. No one, no one really is. But from a fantasy perspective, Blake Bortles had a lot of success in his time in Jacksonville. What kind of success do you expect Nick Foles to have this season? Yeah, it's an interesting question here for Nick Foles. Even in a two-quarterback league, I wouldn't want him as my second quarterback. Ideally, I would want him as my third quarterback. It's, you know, there are names that are just ahead of him. Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, who I think have higher upside because of the weapons that they possess. 
and overall just the systems that they play in as well. Uh, but Nick Foles, you know, if he throws for, I don't know, let's say around 3,500 yards or between 3,500 yards and 4,000 yards and you know maybe 25 touchdowns, I think that would be like a really, really good season from Nick Foles. You know, he is reunited with John Filippo, who was his quarterback's coach when he won the uh, the Super Bowl MVP with the Philadelphia Eagles. But as you mentioned, it's still going to be, you know, Doug Marone's system and Tom Coughlin is going to have some influence over that as well. Overall, I just, based on the way that this team is currently constructed and offensive philosophy, we think that they're going to lean on Leonard Fournette. I don't think that there's really much upside here for Nick Foles. Even yeah, in the, even I, in the Superflex League. I agree. I agree with you. Nick Foles is not really on my radar, even in the Superflex League. The upside, we just keep talking about this offense, just doesn't seem high enough for me to want out to go out and get Nick Foles. But let's turn the tables now. Let's go to a more fun team, and that's the Colts. Unless there's anything else you want to mention with the Jacks. Uh, I will just mention the third-round uh, rookie tight end that they drafted, Josh Oliver. Uh, he did test very well in terms of his 40-yard dash and his speed score. They both ranked in the 86th percentile. Coming out last season, six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, so, just a little dynasty nugget for you, uh, for you dynasty players out there. Josh Oliver, I do have some interest in. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, as he gets a little bit more acclimated in the offense and gets his his feet underneath him at the NFL level, that we start to see something out of Josh Oliver. We know that Nick Foles likes to throw to the tight end based on the numbers that Zach Ertz put up last year. So, I'll just throw that name out there, Josh Oliver. Deep sleeper, deep, deep sleeper. sleeper, dynasty for sure. I know we have the break coming up in about two minutes, but it's worth starting the Colts conversation. Yep. Because I asked you, or I kind of alluded to it before our last break, and that was Marlon Max going a few picks behind Leonard Fournette. And I'm trying to figure out why. Like, I understand Naheem Hines is there, and he pass- catches some passes. But when Marlon Mack was, was healthy, he was the guy. Like, we saw him multiple times get 20 carries put up touchdowns, fight through injuries. And I know injuries are a big issue when it comes to Marlon Mack. But last year, I think everyone was kind of off of him and we were excited about Hines, we were excited about Jordan Wilkins. Admittedly, I was off him as well, dead wrong. You talked me out of him, admittedly. Like, I, when people were excited, I, was, I came into last season excited about Marlon Mack and I got talked out of it by the fantasy community. This year, I don't want to get talked out of it. Like, he proved himself and once again, the Colts didn't really do anything all that much to address their running back situation. I believe they saw enough out of Marlon Mack to make him the guy. I trust him. Frank, do you trust Marlon Mack more than Leonard Fournette? Yes, I trust him more than Leonard Fournette. I understand why people would make the argument for Leonard Fournette. Just I get it. Has a little bit more, I guess, workhorse mentality yes. there. You know, uh, his touches per game that he's averaged throughout his career. Leonard Fournette, that is, when he plays game, he is going to get a lot of touches. That's why people like Leonard Fournette. That's the case that you can make for him. If he plays 16 games, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think it would surprise anybody if Leonard Fournette led the NFL in touches. So I think they look at that workhorse mentality, and that's why they like Leonard Fournette a little bit more than Marlon Mack. But when we get back, I'll tell you why I like Marlon Mack more than Leonard Fournette for fantasy football this season. Awesome. Excited to hear Marlon Mack and more Colts conversation coming up next. It's the BFFs, it's Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. 
So I have a question for Frank. Now, why isn't Marlon Mack going ahead of Leonard Fournette? And he made a good point that he could be a workhorse, Leonard Fournette meaning, rather, and he'll just simply get more carries than Marlon Mack. So last season, Fournette only played eight games. He had more than 20 carries twice, 24 and 28 in games 10 and 11. He had more than 15 four times, the two that I mentioned, and in weeks 12 and 16, he had 18 carries. Leonard, uh, Marlon Mack, meanwhile, Frankie, he had to carry the ball over 20 times, three different times in weeks 8, 15, and 17. He had at least 15, three more times after that, 15, 16, and 19, in weeks 7, 11, and 13. Marlon Mack, and I understand that injuries were part of this issue with Fournette, but Marlon Mack is receiving a workhorse level of carries here. I don't want to discount that. And when it comes to the touchdowns, last year he played four more games in Fournette, but he had nine touchdowns here on the ground. Fournette had five. Fine. Probably be pretty similar, I would think. Reception-wise, Fournette had 22. Mack did have less at 17. He's not going to catch. He's not going to catch. I agree. I think they're similar. But given all the injury issues with Fournette, not that Mack doesn't have it, give me the guy in the better offense. Give me Marlon Mack. Yeah, I agree with you. For all those things, really. I mean, you look at the offensive line, too, here, and it's Best in the NFL. rated, you know, yeah. a top five offensive line coming into the season. And, you know, last year they were fourth in run blocking, according to Football Outsiders. They were second in pass blocking. This offense in their first season under Frank Reich, let's just talk about that for a second. They dodged a bullet not getting Josh McDaniel as, as this team's head coach because Frank Reich was awesome in his first season as the head coach and play caller for this Indiana, Indianapolis Colts team. They finished seventh in total offense. They finished third in offensive plays, so they play at a good pace as well. All of those things just add up to a pretty good spot here for Marlon Mack. I will say this, Greg. In the games where he received all of those carries, he he had 20-plus carries three different times last year. The Colts won each of those games by more than 14 points. So he's a little bit game flow dependent, and we, we understand that. But ultimately... Just in a really good spot here. Just in a really good spot for uh, for Marlon Mack and the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. He finished RB11 in terms of point per game. So he was a an RB1. He averaged, uh, after missing four of the first five weeks, he averaged 75 yards per game on the ground, 4.7 yards per contact. He was awesome in, the, in that playoff game against the Houston Texans. Ran for 148 yards in that game as well. Plus, top 11 in carries inside of the 20, the 10, and the five, I agree with you. He's unquestionably this team's workhorse running back. He's not going to be asked to catch many passes because they have Naheem Hines. They have all those tight ends and Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle, and they still have T.Y. Hilton, and they signed Devin Funches. So he's not going to catch passes, but ultimately it seems like he's not that far off from, uh, from Leonard Fournette, and he's being drafted behind him. And I, I would rather, I'd rather have... Marlon Mack this year for fantasy football. I agree, ultimately. Marlon Mack over Leonard Fournette. But Mack- not dissimilar from Nick Chubb. We were talking about this during yeah. the break, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, Derek Brown, friend of the program, we had him on a couple of weeks ago to talk about the Bears. I've seen him tweet about this before as well. He has mentioned that Marlon Mack is basically discounted Nick Chubb without the concerns of Kareem Hunt in the second half of the season. I mean, let's just compare and contrast right now. 
Nick Chubb is going in the middle of the second round. You're getting Marlon Mack in the middle of the third round. Both guys are not going to catch many passes. You're really relying on them to, for their rushing yardage and their rushing touchdowns. Overall, the Colts, prob- they're, they're probably similar offenses. Colts and Browns, offensive line, better for the Colts as well. Uh, you know, the Browns' defense might be a little bit better, but again, that threat of Kareem Hunt, someone that has been a first-round running back in fantasy football in years past, will be part of the Cleveland Browns in the second half of the season. And if anybody wants to tell you how much Kareem Hunt is going to be used once he returns, then please show me this crystal ball. Because nobody really knows what it's going to be. We're all kind of speculating. But I would imagine they did not sign Kareem Hunt to you know be a water boy on the sideline. So you have that threat in the second half of the season. You don't have that when it comes to Marlon Mack, Greg. Could not agree more. You had this hanging over your head all season long that Kareem Hunt's coming. And something's going to happen. And it's funny because you look back to Cleveland where last year I was a Carlos Hyde guy. Like, Carlos Hyde was the starter. And you knew that you had Nick Chubb hanging over your head. And they made the surprise trade and they traded away Hyde and all of a sudden it was Nick Chubb's backfield like that. But every time Hyde touched the ball, you're like, oh man, I hope he doesn't get injured because he'll lose his job. Or I hope he's not ineffective or he'll lose his job. Ultimately, he did. The buzzsaw came. He lost his job. Now, this Cleveland team invested in early draft pick in Nick Chubb. I understand that. He's probably not losing his job. I, I realize that. But you don't just sign Kareem Hunt to be a backup, to sit on the bench. And just think about it from an organizational standpoint. Like, you took media backlash to sign Kareem Hunt. Yep. And you did it because you thought it would help your organization. Nick Chubb is not going to carry the ball 20 times a game when Kareem Hunt's active. It's not going to happen. You're going to see, in my opinion, probably closer to an even split, like 15-15. and 15. Or Chubb and Duke Johnson will lose whatever catches they're going to get because Kareem Hunt's excellent coming out of the backfield. Nick Chubb's upside, in my opinion, I'm not trying to talk about the Browns, but his upside's capped. Marlon Mack, listen, similarly out of the backfield. Like Naheem Hines is going to be the third down back there. And that's why I actually like Naheem Hines more than I think a lot of people do. Like he, has a, he has a defined role. And I think that there is something to be said. Like, if Marlon Mack were to get hurt, Spencer Ware would step in, in my opinion, to the Marlon Mack role, and Naheem Hines' role would still be the same. That's fair. Naheem Hines is what he is. We talk about these third-down backs all the time and these pass-catching backs. He's not as good as James White. He's a poor man's James White, essentially. And that's okay. There's value to be had in drafting Naheem Hines as well. Over the past week, over at the NFFC, Naheem Hines goes at 118. How about this? One spot before the aforementioned Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde is around there. You have other running backs, including Ido Smith, LaShawn McCoy, Peyton Barber. I think that makes sense. I'd rather have Hines than all of them. Going right before Hines. How about this? Kareem Hunt, Jarek McKinnon, Deontay Foreman, Damian Harris. I think this range actually makes sense for Naheem Hines. Yeah, I think that's fair, too, and especially in the NFFC, it's full-point PPR, and that's where Naheem Hines has the most value. We saw last year he finished as RB27 overall in full-point PPR leagues. You know, he had over uh, 60 receptions last year, I believe. Yes, it was. Naheem Hines had 63 receptions on 81 targets. So Rookie year, too. He should get better. Yeah, so uh, I agree with you on that. Look, if you want this guy as, like, your RB4, I don't, don't know that I'd want him anything higher than that. There are a few names you mentioned in there that I like a little bit more. I like Ito Smith. I like Deonta Foreman just because, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if either one of those guys, you know, were to get 
starter opportunities this year just be, right. just based on Lamar Miller not being great. And um, with um, when it comes to uh, right. What was I just talking about? Thank you, Ma- We're talking about <laughs> What's my mind? Uh, Lamar, uh, with Lamar Miller and Devon- Devontae Devon- Freeman. So, because uh, with uh, Ido Smith. Ido Smith, Lamar Ido Miller. Smith, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'm going all over the place right now. Right. But overall, I like uh, Naheem Hines, uh, where he's going right now, in terms of if you get him as your RB4 in full-point PPR leagues, I think that's perfectly fine, right? I, like, absolutely. Why, why wouldn't you take that opportunity? I like that a lot. Now, as I said, the, the handcuff to Marlon Mack isn't Naheem Hines, though. To my opinion, it's Spencer Ware. So if you're just if you're a Marlon Mack owner, don't feel like you have to force yourself to spend another early-ish round selection on Naheem Hines. Just grab Spencer Ware in the last round if you want Marlon Mack's handcuff. What about Jordan should... Wilkins, Greg? I did the Jordan Wilkins thing last year, man. He was my guy. Didn't work. No. It went quite poorly. I'm sorry. It's okay, buddy. All right. Uh, Andrew Luck is back. Andrew Luck fits into this top five quarterback range, right? How confident are you in Luck this year? Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? Just based on Agreed. everything that we just talked about. We haven't even mentioned T.Y. Hilton yet, but he is a legitimate wide receiver one at the NFL level. And they still have Eric Ebron. We expect him to take a step back in terms of his fantasy production this year, but it's still going to help Andrew Luck, especially in the red zone. And they still have Jack Doyle, who's going to be back this year and has a rapport with Andrew Luck. And they sign, uh, they draft Paris Campbell early on in the NFL draft as well. So, look, how can you not... Like him. The question I'll throw back your way, Greg, is that I actually, I find him and Aaron Rodgers really close right now. Because if you look at last season, basically everything went as perfect for Andrew Luck as it possibly could have. Definitely. He threw 39 touchdowns, almost 4,600 yards. He finished as the QB5. So how much higher can his upside actually be? Last year, he ran the ball less than he ever did. 9.3 rushing yards per game was a career low for Andrew Luck, and that's fine because I don't want him to risk, you know, taking a big hit, hurting his shoulder once again. That's fine. Stay in the pocket, get rid of the ball quickly behind that great offensive line. But with that, we really saw his upside last year, Greg, and with everything going as well as it did, he still only finishes QB5. So I don't really know how much higher Andrew Luck can actually finish. I agree with that. As of now, I actually rank Aaron Rodgers higher than Andrew Luck, but I kind of feel dirty. What do you think? I wouldn't feel dirty about that. I think, you, like you said, the upside for Luck isn't capped, but like, he's not going to go better than he did last year. And, and that's okay. He's still a top five quarterback. So to me, everything you said makes sense. But who is Luck going to throw to, right? T.Y. Hilton's still the number one option. But T.Y. Hilton's always banged up. He like, played through a high ankle injury last year. He's had some soft tissue injuries in the past. Is T.Y. Hilton breaking down, Frank? I don't think he's necessarily breaking down. Like As you mentioned, he still played... 14 games last year. He played through injury, and even with that, he almost had 1,300 receiving yards. If he actually would have played 16 games, his 16-game pace would have been close to 1,500 receiving yards. He would have been over 1,400. So we know that he is a threat to lead the the AFC in receiving yards year in and year out. He's not going to score touchdowns. We know that about him. You know, um, there's just a few wide receivers that you can say that about. It's it's T.Y. Hilton. It's Julio Jones. Well, maybe Julio Jones will get back on track with Dirk Cutter as his OC, but uh, overall, he has never had more than seven receiving touchdowns in a season. He had six last year. That's just not a big part of his game. He's not a big wide receiver. He's not going to be used all that much in the red zone. They bring in Devin Funches for that role as well. They still have Eric Ebron. We've talked all about this already. I think he's fine where he's going as a you know low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. Uh, if you start 
with a running back, right, with the first four picks, like he's almost guaranteed to be there for you uh, in, that, in that late second, early third round range. I started a best ball draft recently where I had the second pick, and uh, Mike Evans was still available, so I would take Mike Evans over him. And then in the third round, Antonio Brown was still available. But once those guys are gone, then I think uh, T.Y. Hilton is probably the next best wide receiver available. And I think that's and I think I'm okay with that as well. I think T.Y. Hilton, um, based on as you said where he's going, right at the end of the second round, uh, right with Keenan Allen now, right with Tyreek Hill, given the news on him, uh, Mike Evans as well. I, I think that's the area you want T.Y. Hilton. Um, T.Y. Hilton or Keenan Allen, Greg? That's the. I mean, they're going basically back to back. T.Y. Hilton, ADP, 25.46 in the month of July. Frank, you know what the... Keenan Allen, 26.44, back to back. You know what the move is? The move is to draft the running back and then draft them both. That's probably the move. That's the move. Yeah. And I think that's basically what I was going to say. And if you take one of those first four running backs and Evans and Antonio Brown are already gone, then you take T.Y. Hilton, you come back around the next round and you double down. You could either take a Keenan Allen... If you're, you know, buying into the uh, the Bengals Zach Taylor offense, you could take an AJ Green, someone like that. Tyreek Hill, Tyree Hill too, like depending, like he's not getting suspended. It, it was announced obviously over the weekend. Yeah, but he's gonna he's gonna end up going higher than this. Flor- yeah. Florio came on on Friday and said he did a best ball draft right before the show. Tyreek Hill went sixth overall. Overall, Greg, not sixth wide receiver best, off the board. Best ball is a little bit different. It is a little bit different. Best ball is a little bit different. We'll get to get to Tyreek. People Hill. are gonna be aggressive. He's what? gonna be a late first round pick when we'll everything's set. We'll get to Tyreek Hill. We'll get to the Chiefs. We come back. I have three questions in three minutes for Frank, and a lot more to get to with the Colts. So we'll see what we can fit in next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. You missed on the BFFs. But let's start. This is this is not what you missed, but uh, that's okay. We're gonna give you three questions in three minutes. Should have Pavona make something for that, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, stuff like that. So, Whenever he comes back, where is Pavona, by the way? Pavona's on vacation, man. Honeymoon? Uh, I believe he was gonna do a honeymoon this year. He's doing it next year. I think he's in, in Orlando or Disney World, I believe. Disney World. All right. Well, like <laughs> I can't imagine anyone who loves Disney World more than Chris Pavona. I agree. This is, <laughs> so this is. This is not this is not what you missed. This is three questions in three minutes with Frank Snapple. All right, Frankie. The first question is number two wide receiver on the Indianapolis Colts is Devin Funches. Do you like him? Mm, what you say, number two wide receiver, but there's still so many targets to go around. You know, in this offense, again, they have two tight ends. They basically have three with Devin Funches, and they drafted Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell, rookie wide receiver. Should be excited about him in Dynasty Leagues and, you know, for the future of this team. But overall, I don't know that it's going to happen right away. Like, maybe in the second half he starts to take off. But this team signed Devin Funches for a reason, Greg. And I think that they're, you know, they're probably most likely going to use him in the red zone. I don't know that he's going to do much else outside of that. He's not going to demand a lot of targets. He's not going to be, like, a high-volume wide receiver. But I think, personally, he's probably, like, in two wide receiver sets, he's out there with T.Y. Hilton. 
Question number two, Eric Ebron was dominating last year, double-digit touchdowns. He was an absolute monster. He ran for a touchdown. He threw a touchdown. He caught a lot. People are backing out on Ebron with Jack Doyle returning healthy and Moali Cox people seem to like as well. Are you buying Eric Ebron as a top 10 tight end in 2019. Top 10, I could get behind. I think he probably creeps right inside that top 10, but not going to come close to anything that he did last season. Without Jack Doyle on the field last year, 8.8 targets per game for Eric Ebron, 34 routes run with Doyle on the field, 3.7 targets per game, 17 routes run. So that is a huge difference between when Jack Doyle is on the field and when he's not great. So he's probably top 10, but I don't feel great about Eric Ebron. So you don't love Eric Ebron this year? I do not. All right, question number three. You drafting Paris Campbell or Deion Kane or neither? Oh, I like Deion Kane a lot too, man. Uh, realistically, like in your standard 15-16 round draft, probably not drafting either one. But, man, I like me some Deion Kane too. Almost forgot about it. All right. Call there, Greg. We'll take a break. When we come back, it's the action hour. Hour number two. The BFFs roll on right after this.